just not for priests of praise. <laughs> this is for whosoever will. Just step in. Step into the river. Let the fire fall in this house today.
Bakersfield men just to walk around the perimeter of this sanctuary praying. I don't care whether you're praying English or praying the Spirit, but I feel like the Lord is telling men to step up as a spiritual head and just seal this atmosphere. So come on, just get out of your seat and just walk the perimeter. Come on, I need some men. I need some men to man up.
Oh
And as the spirit was moving over the water, spirit come and move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the spirit was moving over the water, spirit come and move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. So come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room.
voices, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Holy Spirit.
lift your voice and declare side of the Jordan River and he saw Jesus Christ walking down the bank of the river and he said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I declare to you today Jesus is the Lamb. I declare to you today worthy is the Lamb. in the book of the Revelation when he was taken up into heaven he said I looked and in the midst of the throne the throne of God in the midst of the throne he said there was a lamb that appeared to have been slain but he lives forevermore can I tell somebody in this room today that Jesus Christ died on a cross as the Lamb of God as our sacrifice gave his life shed his blood gave it all took his last breath and said it is finished they took his lifeless body down. They wrapped it in grave clothes and they placed it into a borrowed tomb. But I'm gonna tell you right now, the story of Jesus didn't stop right there because he had already been saying, they're gonna kill me, they're gonna crucify me, but in three days, I will rise again. Have I got anybody in the room today that you know you know I need 
talk to somebody. Not do you know about him. Not has somebody told you about him. I need somebody in this room today that can testify and say, I know him. Come on. Has he saved you? Has he healed you? Has he rescued you? Has he met your need? Has he provided for you? Has he been there with you in your midnight hour? On your darkest day, was he your light of shimmering hope? Come a worthy is the lamb. A worthy is the lamb. If you know him, let's sing it one more time, Miss Tasha, because he's worthy.
Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Danny Holland, do you know him? Has he changed you? Who else in here knows him because he changed you? I, I need to talk to somebody in this room today because let me tell you something. Miss Linda Tilson, July the 8th, 1984, back up on Lee's Mill Road in that little brick church on a Sunday night, God radically saved me. I tell y'all, he did not help me be a better person. Do you understand that? Because my heart was corrupt. I was hateful. I hated. I hated my own father. I hated people. I was mean. I would cuss you out. I was two-faced. I was sneaky. Sneaky. I was like a little snake maneuvering and conniving, manipulating people. But I remember that night, some of you have had the same feeling in this building today. That night, I sat in that pew on this side of the building if I was facing that that little sanctuary right now on the third row and I sat there and I watched those people do what some of us are doing right now just pressing into God just lingering, just waiting just birthing something in the spirit through prayer and travail and worship and going to one another and just obeying what the spirit of the Lord says and I remember standing there in that pew man I grabbed that thing I was getting tighter and tighter and tighter with my grip because in my heart I knew those people had something I needed but in my mind I was thinking I can't live that life I can't do that well let me tell you something my mind was partially right I couldn't do that but I'm going to tell you what when I got up to that altar and out of my mouth came these words, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, do in me whatever you want to do. I'm gonna tell you what, folks, supernatural, supernatural power from heaven swooped into my soul. And again, it did not help me. Miss Suzette, it changed me all by itself. There's some folk in this room today. You know you need what these crazy radical people have. And all you got to do is let go and say, Lord, just do in me whatever you want to do. It's just that simple. That's your launching pad right there. As soon as you open the door, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right now, he's rappy-tap-tapping on the door of your heart. And if you would just open it up, I'm going to tell you right now, he will come in like a flood tide of love, of compassion, of grace, of healing, of deliverance, of restoration. And right now, I don't know who you are, but right now the devil's just told somebody, you know who you are. 
he told you this. He said, you got to get some things straight first before you do that. Baby, if you could get it straight, it wouldn't be a problem today. You can't fix you. You can't fix you. You need somebody bigger. Come on, you need a lamb of God that's a resurrected king. You need somebody that would throat punch death and hell and the grave. You need somebody that loved you so much that he would lay down and let him drive nails through his hands and through his feet. He would sit there in agony and draw his last breath. You need that Jesus. I know him. You know what? All you got to do is just come and humble yourself before him. No matter what you need. Pastor Carlos gave us a, a wonderful word in the men's breakfast this morning. He started us out in Romans chapter 10 verse 13. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me go ahead and help you out. His name is Jesus. That's his name. Now you just call out on it. Watch what happens. Come on, somebody just lift his name up in this room for a few moments. atmosphere and let some of these folks lead you into a relationship with Christ that will radically transform, change your life right now today. There's people in here. I know I've been walking around in here and my spiritual radar has been picking up on it. You've been fighting. You know you've been locked on that chair in front of you. You had that thing. Come on. Let it go. Come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus today.
Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. How many of y 
I believe God loves you today. How many of y'all believe God's got your back today? How many of you believe Romans 8, 28 is for sure? That he will make all things work together for good. How many of y'all believe that God will take everything in your life that the enemy of your soul, Satan and the kingdom of darkness, what the enemy means for your harm, God will always flip it around and make it turn out for your good. Because he's just awesome that way. It's amazing to me sometimes some of the most, some of the most devastating moments of your life. It may take years for it to come to pass, but somewhere down the road, God is gonna bring glory out of that. He's going to get glory out of it. And you're going to be amazed at how much it blesses somebody else when you share what God has done for you. Yesterday, my daughter-in-law shared on Facebook the daughter of our firstborn son. She shared the story of how my son and her conceived a child out of wedlock. I'm not condemning anybody that that's happened, but that's against our moral convictions and our spiritual convictions. And my son not only knew that, he was a youth pastor at our church when it happened. And I shared the story after Jody shared her post of how God had worked all that out and how now Sayla is going to be 10 years old this September and she and Teddy have got their 10th year anniversary coming up and uh, all of this stuff that she shared and it made my mind go back to that season of my life. I was devastated, y'all. See, one thing I didn't tell you in that post and I had a lot of people sending me private messages saying thank you for sharing that. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear this. Things that I'm going through in my family with my siblings or my children or whatever. But something I didn't tell you. Teddy was born. He was what, two weeks overdue? And Kim had, she was in labor for 500 years. <laughs> it was what, 28 hours? Grueling labor. And he was stuck in the birth canal and, and the doctors and the nurse kept coming in because she would have a contraction his heart rate would, would stop I mean it wouldn't go down it would slow down, slow down and stop because every time she had a contraction it was squeezing the baby to death so I went and got the nurse and she came in and she moved the little monitor well by then of course the contractions ended the baby's heart started to pick back up so after I did that about two or three times the nurse looked at me and said Mr. Hodge you're a first time dad you need to calm down well I looked at her I said ma'am sorry y'all I'm from a call and it came out I said you can either go get the doctor or you can go get hospital security because you fixing to need one of those in this hospital room she chose the doctor and he came in and he did that little thing they do you know when they go down there and say hello to the baby check 
he realized immediately what was happening. They didn't even take her off the hospital bed. They snatched the cords and everything and, and went running down the, down the corridor with her in the bed. They didn't get a gurney or whatever. They were running, ran down, did an emergency cesarean. I'm standing there because I was all garbed up. I was going to be in there and do all this stuff, had a video camera. Y'all know, first time parent, I was ready to go, man. I couldn't go in, but I was in a hallway outside the door. I don't know, maybe maybe from here to Melissa over there. Wave your hand, Melissa, so people say that's about how far I was looking through there. And uh, they were doing this emergency cesarean on my wife. I didn't know you could cut people that fast and they live. They actually had to get a nurse to go under the table and put her hand inside Kim to push the baby back up so they could get him out. He was lodged in there. But I'll never forget this, folks. Dr. Palaio, when they cleaned the baby up and they did all that stuff, and I'm sitting out there in awe, he got the baby from the nurse, and he walked over there, and there was a little plate glass window with that little mesh wire stuff in it, and James Earl, he held that baby up so I could see it. And it hit me at that point, this will always be my child. That's my son. And I remember, I was thinking no matter how high he goes or how low he goes, that's always going to be my son. And I will always be his daddy. So when Teddy told me that Jody was pregnant, I didn't tell this part of the story. I had to call an emergency council meeting at our church. And I went in there to that meeting and I informed them that my son, their youth pastor, had informed me as the pastor of his moral failure, that I had taken his resignation. And I looked at those board members. God's honest truth, my hand up to heaven. And I told them, I said, and if you want mine, you can have it too. But I'm going to stay loyal to my son. I will not ostracize him. I will not kick him to the curb. I'm going to love my son. They said they're quiet. And one of the older gentlemen, a very wise man, he finally spoke up. He said, Pastor, he said, there's nobody sitting in this room around this board table, around this conference room table. Nobody's sitting here that has not had their family affected in some manner like yours. And we are with you. So that following Sunday, when I stood up to, behind the pulpit to announce to the church what had happened, that board of their own volition got out of their seats, didn't they, baby? They walked up on that stage and stood right behind me like these folks on the praise team. And I told the church, I said, that's my son. He failed. But I'm going to love him through this. And I told them, I said, if you want my resignation, you can have it. They stood up. The whole church stood up, began clapping and shouting, we love you, Pastor Tim. We love your family, Pastor Tim. And you know what? Today, my son repented. My daughter-in-law repented. They're serving God today. And they have two little kids 
that love God with all their heart. See, folks, let me tell you, because he can take anything, he can turn it around. If y'all remember about a year ago, the Lord spoke to me, and I said this about every service, every week. I said it for the longest time. Every situation is redeemable. God can change anything. With God, all things are possible. I don't care the addiction. I don't care the hidden sin. I don't care how much you're beating yourself up because of something that you've done and nobody else knows about. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you will give it to God, he will save you, he will heal you, he will deliver you. I'm gonna tell you right now, he is able. Somebody help me praise the king of glory. His grace and his mercy, folks, reaches way farther than you could ever fall or run. The psalmist said, I believe it's in Psalm 139, he said, where can I go from your presence? He said, if I go to the highest mountain trying to hide from you, God, whoop, there you are. He said, God, if I could go to the deepest cavern in the bottom of the ocean, whoop, there you are. So let me tell you something, folks. If you got a child, or if you've got a spouse, or you've got a brother or a sister or somebody that you love or a best friend that's running from God, you keep on praying. Because I'm gonna tell you what, every time they wake up in their midnight hour, they're gonna understand the Lord is there. They can run, but they cannot hide from God. If you're running today, you might as well give up because you can't hide from God. I want you to do this. I want you to turn or go to about five people. Do two things. I want you to say first, I love you. I want you to look them in the eye and I want you to tell them I love you. And then second, I want you to tell them if God's been good to you, I want you to tell them with passion that God's been good to you. Would you do that? I love you. God's been good to me. Hallelujah.
everybody. So good to see y'all in the house today. We are so thankful for all that God has done today. Are you? Amen. Let's give him a big praise before we continue. Yes. We want to say welcome to Northview Harvest Ministries. We want to welcome our online congregation. If you'll give them a big hand, please. We welcome all of you, our Northview Harvest Ministries family. And um, we also want to welcome you if this is your first time with us this morning. So if you look in your bulletin, there's a form on the back that says first time here. And it just tears right off real easily. And if you'll fill that out. And when you leave today, when you go out these doors to the right, there's a welcome center. If you'll take that form to the welcome center, we have a gift for you. So be sure that we do, you do that. We want to bless you with that. Some nice little gifts in there we want to bless you with. Thank you so much for being here. Tonight we have prayer at 6 o'clock. We've been having some amazing prayer times. Amen. If you haven't joined us, please join us. Please make that sacrifice to come out. I know sometimes it's a sacrifice. On Sunday evening, you just kind of want to relax and rest and get on your pajamas. But I promise you, if you'll make the effort, God will meet you here. It's been amazing. God's been amazing. Been amazing. You know, I was thinking about the revivals that are going on, and I believe revival's here. Do y'all believe that? Yes. It's like my husband said, it's not coming, we just birth it. And when things happen, they didn't just happen overnight, y'all. They've been praying at that college at Asbury College. They've been praying for revival. They've been praying for God to come. And um, we just thank God for what he's doing, and we believe that his glory is just being seen in every church around America today. Amen. We're so thankful for that. Also, we have our Refresh Marriage Conference coming up Friday. Friday and Saturday. We're so excited about this. If you signed up, we're excited about you coming. We have wonderful things planned. We believe that God's going to show up there too. So Friday night from 6 to 6.50, we will have live music and dessert and a coffee bar in the fellowship hall. So if you're signed up, we want you to come and be a part of that. And the conference will start at 7. And then Saturday morning from 9 to 9.45, we'll have like a light breakfast, coffee, donuts, muffins, those kind of things. And then the conference will start at 10. So we're very excited if you signed up for it. We're excited we have child care available for a donation. So I would like for those of you that need child care, even if you've told me, let me know. You can text me, send me a Facebook message, grab me after church, just so we know how many kids to expect, okay? But we're very, 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 very excited about that. Now, finally, I'm going to ask Susan Sanders to come to the platform. We've been trying to do this for about four Sundays now. But uh, a few Sundays back was Sanctity of Human Life. And that's the day that we honor life because we believe as a church body that life is important. Amen? And that every person created, regardless how they came about through marriage or not, God has a purpose for that child. And so um, Susan is going to share a little bit for us. She's going to share with us about the royal home. Um, she's going to tell you all about it. And then during the offering time, you will have an opportunity to give toward that. So, Susan? Six. And I was going to say after today, that would have been all right if I didn't come up. So, good morning. What a time in God's presence we've already sensed. Lord, you're so good. 
And today, we're going to celebrate the Sanctity of Life Sunday. And it's not the exact day, but any day is a good day to celebrate life. Hallelujah. On January 13, 1984, Ronald Reagan, who was president then, issued a proclamation designating January 22nd as the National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Now, that day was significant because that was the anniversary of the infamous and thankfully now gone, no longer valid, um, the decision of the Supreme Court in January 22nd of 1973 that um, that was the ruling that legalized abortion on demand in all 50 states. And I want to tell you a little bit about a very important person in the fight for the right to life. One year after this Supreme Court ruling, which was in 74, the first March for Life was organized by, the, by a lawyer who worked for the federal government in Washington, D.C., and her name was Nellie Gray. She, with a group of pro-life activists um, or advocates, gathered at her home in Washington, D.C. to discuss ways to commemorate the anniversary of this ruling. They had thought in their minds that this is surely not going to last long. Surely they're going to overrule this. But as time went on, she did not want this date to go, come and go with no recognition. They organized a one-time march on January 22nd of 74 around the U.S. Capitol, and it drew about 20,000 people. This March for Life grew and became a nonprofit organization committed to the principle of life. Nellie eventually quit her job and became the, voluntary, the volunteer president of the March for Life organization. Nellie um, served as the leader of this organization for many, many years, and she was sometime, sometimes called the Joan of Arc for the Right to Life movement. And she remained dedicated to this cause and to the annual March for Life and for 41 years until her death in 2012. She did not see Roe versus Wade overturned, but she was fighting for it every year until her death. This March for Life drew draw hundreds of thousands in Washington, D.C. of each year, and our Falcon Children's Home and our Royal Home has participated in this for many, many years. Um, most of these years, they were doing so in several feet of snow. You know in January, it's very, very cold, especially in Washington, D.C. So sometimes they were marching through the snow and doing this. But for many years, she did it up until her death. She once boldly said, and I saw a video where she said this, and it was very, very powerful. We will be here until we overturn Roe versus Wade. And believe me, they are going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And they did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is very interesting. I know God is a God of detail, and he doesn't forget anybody. Check this out. There's a reason I'm telling you about Nellie Gray, because a very important recent date is very significant. On Friday, June 24th, 2022, which just happens to be the birthday of Nellie Gray. I think God just winked and said, Nellie, I got you. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was the day that the Supreme Court announced its decision that overturned Roe versus Wade. Y'all praise break. I'm sorry. Woo. Hallelujah. I believed he was honoring Nellie's dedication and the work she did for the cause of life. And the Supreme Court dismantled 50 years of unconstitutional legal protection 
for abortion rights. But keep in mind that that didn't do away with abortion. The fight was turned to the states. And guys, this is where we need to really press in and pray. It did, however, the, right, the fight was just beginning with the individual states. After I'm trying so hard to stay on script. <laughs> After the Dobbs decision was rendered, overturning Roe versus Wade, a South Carolina law, South Carolina boy, this South Carolina law, their governor signed the heartbeat bill. I hope you will Google the heartbeat bill because that is a bill that is trying to be passed in many, many states. I know immediately, just as a side note, immediately when the leak, of course the leak came out prior to the decision, I won't go there, um, I think it was purposeful, but that caused a lot of states to really try to codify Roe versus Wade. And there's many, many states that made it legal in their states for abortion up to the birth. Now the fight is on, okay? We need to pray, we need to press in. The South Carolina Supreme Court, immediately when the governor signed that, the Supreme Court, of course, took it up because guess who passed the lawsuit? Planned Parenthood, of course. Okay, I need to quit with the sarcasm. Um, just a few weeks ago, on Thursday, January 5th, the Supreme Court of South Carolina ruled in a 3-2 to two decision that the fetal heartbeat bill was unconstitutional. Now, they chose, well, they decided that the right to privacy extended to the right for a woman to have an abortion. And they declared that it was, did not give the woman enough time at six weeks because the heartbeat can be detected at about six weeks. And their ruling was that doesn't give them enough time to even know that she's pregnant in order for her to be able to have an abortion. Now, how ridiculous does that sound? But they ruled it. I'm saying that to say this. It is so very important that you pray and that you vote. And the reason I'm saying that is that the Supreme Court justices in South Carolina are elected, but not by the populist vote. They are elected by the General Assembly. So any South Carolina residents and North Carolina residents, it is very important for you to vote and to vote for the right to life. Find out who those people are and what they stand for. You can Google their names, you can research them, and one of the things I'm really pushing is that many times voters, now in North Carolina, justices are voted by the popular vote. A lot of people don't vote for the justices because of course they don't know their names, they don't know who they are. Research, find out. If the, that's one of my main things. I want to know where they stand on abortion. Google it, research it, find out who they are, and vote. Because that's who are, that, those are the ones that are making these decisions in these states. Okay? I need to get off of the soapbox. So, in essence, they ruled that the right to privacy trumps the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, we know that line, don't we? Because it, it comes straight from the Declaration of Independence. And as our Declaration declares, 
We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That means inalienable means no one can take those rights away. The signer of the Constitution, John Dickinson, defined an inalienable right, a right in which God has given you and no inferior power has the right to take it away. Now, I declare that these Supreme Courts are in inferior to what God has established. Hallelujah. Now, currently in North Carolina, the abortion is banned after 20 weeks. But how many know that a pregnancy lasts 40 weeks? That's halfway through the pregnancy. A woman in North Carolina can have an abortion. Now, for mothers under the age of 18, written parental consent is required to have an abortion. However, there is an exception. And this exception is mostly used to say that the child would be in danger by their parents if this child would get an abortion. Okay? They use that as an out. It's so important to pray, church. Pray that these laws will be changed. So all of this is good information. So what can we do in the here and now? I've already said pray, pray, and pray. Do research. Find out what's going on in your state. Okay, If you're in South Carolina, North Carolina, find out what's going on. There is a Scotland County directory of officials that I meant to have copies of, but I will bring those next Sunday. Contact your legislators. I have been told that one letter or one contact for a legislator can represent up to 200 people. Make the call or send the email. Let them know how you feel about a certain bill that is coming up, okay? Let them know you have a voice. You have a voice. Now, right here and now, I want to let you know about Royal Home Ministries. It is a wonderful ministry. When a girl found, finds out that she is pregnant and is not prepared, they have a host of resources that will help that woman through, that young lady, through finishing their education. Of course, they're trying to get them to make the decision to have their child. Now, sometimes they have their child, but they put the child up for adoption. There are so many families that are seeking children through adoption, and they would coordinate all of those efforts. So they're, they're really ministering to the mother and ministering to the child. And even giving parenting classes for those girls that want to keep their children, helping them get established, finish their education, and also help them find a job, help them find a place to live. So they are a link for resources. They are like a lifeline for these girls. And this is very good ground to sow into. The Royal Home is connected with Falcons Children's Home, and this is an IPHC ministry. This is in our conference, okay? And it's so easy to give, and you can do it through Northview Harvest Ministries, through their push pay. You could, when they pass out the envelopes, if you want to give today, you can just check other and put Royal Home, and that money will go directly to them. Now, if you want to go directly to the Royal Home website, you can set up for recurring payments. But you can set up for recurring payments right here at Northview through PushPay. And I love recurring payments because I will not remember to write a check every month. I can set it up for recurring payments on whatever date you choose, and it will come out, and it will go to Royal Home. 
this is very good ground to sow into. And if you remember, some of you may remember, we had a wonderful baby shower. And we had tons of commodities that went to Royal Home. We had diapers and wipes and clothes, some of the cutest little outfits. But we want to do that again this year. And we're hoping to do that in the summer. So please be looking out for emails. We will continue to do that. The money is essential. They need the money to keep their, that ministry going. But also these commodities are beneficial as well. So let's support our royal home with our prayers, of course, with our finances, because they have to have money to do these ministries and to help these girls. Support it with your prayers, your money, and your heart. This is a practical way you can support the right to life. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. If you need a tithing envelope, they will get one for you. Just raise your hand and they'll get that for you. Susan gave us a great intro to our offering today. So if you want to give to a royal home, that is absolutely fertile ground to give into. You know, we don't just care about getting rid of abortion. We care about the care for the mom and the babies as well. And so we wanted to let you guys know that. And ushers, when y'all get done, y'all can come on up for the offering. Y'all can stand now. You know, I want to say two things. This is not a political issue. This is a moral issue. But we have to vote to make sure people that have our beliefs the same beliefs that we have about life are in office, amen? So it's not political. Somebody had to argue with me and said, "This y'all are talking about politics. No, we're talking about a moral issue. The Bible came way before politics did, amen? And the Bible says that God created life, created man in his own image. And number two, like I said, we care just as much about the mother and the child as we do about obliterating abortion. And if you've had an abortion today, God loves you. God loves you. And I know a lot of people walk around in shame of that, but you just cry out to God and he'll forgive you. And guess what? It's like it never even happened. Amen. So we want to thank you for your giving today, whether you give through PushPay, if you give on our website, if you mail it in, if you're giving today, we just want to thank you for what you do for Northview Harvest Ministries and for the kingdom of God. You can come and give.
bless this offering. While they're coming, repeat after me. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. In the name of Jesus and according to God's holy word, we declare it to be so. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the tithe and the offering that's been presented to you. We thank you for people's obedience to you, to your word, to your drawing of your Holy Spirit. It is obedience, Lord God. To obey is better than sacrifice. Lord, you are looking for obedience. Obedience draws your eyes like a radar. It's just blipping away. You're drawn to it like a magnet. Scripture says that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you, persistently obedient to you. So God, I ask you today, this that the people have given, we're not buying miracles, Lord. We're just honoring you. You told us to bring all the tithe and the offering into the storehouse, and you said that you would rebuke the devourer. You said that you would open the windows of heaven over us, and you said that you would pour out blessings upon us that we would not be able to contain. It would overflow. Just like the psalmist said, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for loving us today. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for meeting our needs. And thank you for giving us wisdom in how to handle our finances. God bless the folks that are going through the Financial Peace University class here on Sunday afternoons. Thank you for uh, the folks that are heading it up. Thank you for Luke Jennifer. Thank you for... Uh, Rick and Kim thank you for people to have a heart that have gone through it that have seen God do some th stuff in their life and they're willing to invest in others their time and energy and knowledge bless this all we pray today in the name of Jesus everybody said amen now, if you'll be seated for just a minute we, we got something we're going to do real special right here now this lady y'all know Miss Joyce Lowry I, I've known Joyce about as far back as I can remember, I believe, because uh, she used to live right up the street from us, and her and my mama's been best friends forever, and when my mama about died when I was in the third grade, Joyce pretty much was at our house every waking moment helping, doing something, uh, caretaker or whatnot. I don't, she probably done stuff that I wouldn't even want to know that she had to do or she chose to do, but Joyce is normally a quiet person, so when she came up to me this morning, she said, I want to share my testimony. I was like, okay. So y'all show Miss Joy some love one more time. I just want to thank the Lord for what he's done for me. He's done just a miracle in my life. I was walking into disobedience about a year ago. And I just, I just wanted the Lord to touch me and deliver me. And he did. I never stopped saying, Lord, touch me. 
strengthen me and encourage me, Lord. And one day, I was coming out of the bathroom, and I felt something hit me just like that in my chest. And I knew exactly what it was. It was faith. And I thank God. I thank God every day. I thank God every day for touching me and setting me free. And I just want to walk in truth. And I tell anybody, don't walk in disobedience. For the Lord, the Lord can, he just put me down. So I had to walk in peace with him. I had to give my life totally to him to be set free. And I thank God for it. I give him all the praise and all the glory. stuff together and I'm going to preach to y'all for about an hour now. Psych. No, we're fixing to get out of here. God's done all God can do or not all he can do. He's going to all he's going to do right now. That's what I feel. And I'm not one of those preachers that feel like I need my ego struck by just feeling like we hadn't had church if you don't let me preach. Because you know what? Holy Spirit can do more in, in one minute than I could do in a lifetime of preaching. And he's done a whole lot in here already, and I am very grateful to him for doing that. Somebody asked me recently something to this effect, what are y'all doing? What are you doing? I said, I have no clue. I said, I feel like I'm Tarzan. Y'all know Tarzan? When he goes to the jungle, he jumps from a tree, grabs a vine, and he swings, and he's just looking for the next vine. I feel like I'm just looking for the next vine. Whatever the Lord says do, that's what I do. That's every day. I don't... I, my agenda is, God, what do you want to do today? And I've got some long-term stuff that... But you know what? I don't have I don't have such a rigid mindset that the Holy Spirit doesn't have rule and reign and liberty. Amen. So that's all I know. And I want to tell you, I am grateful to be a part of what God's doing. I'm grateful to see what God's doing in your lives and in your family. And I'm grateful to see what God's doing in our youth. And I'm going to say this to them, and I'm going to say it to all of you. You haven't even scratched the surface yet of what you're going to see God do. There's a whole lot more about to erupt and about to just burst forth on the scene of your life. Anybody ready for it besides me? I mean, how many of y'all feel like you could just almost reach out and touch it? God is doing something, y'all, that's dynamic, and I'm excited. I'm excited to be here in this day and this time. To see it. Amen. One thing that excites me is, is I've been saying it for years and I felt sometimes like people think, who is this idiot? He keeps talking about an awakening or revival or, uh, you know, this or that. And he keeps talking about how God's going to honor the seed of our fathers and he's going to honor the benevolence of this country and all of this wickedness. God's going to pass over all this wickedness and bring a revival. 
And then I was saying stuff like, you know what? You got Generation Z and the millennials, and people say they're going to be the ones that's going to taint this nation. Watch it be just like God to be them. That they will be the ones that God will come on revival on the national front with. And there you go. Sometimes I feel like people look at me and think, this man has lost his mind. Well, I'm going to tell you, I remember I was talking about y'all July the 8th, 1984. I did lose my mind that night, and I took on the mind of Christ. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. There might be a lot of stuff that I don't know, y'all, but I'm going to tell you what. I am blessed with this. I am blessed to know the voice of the Lord. Amen. And my pastor taught me when you hear from God, you don't budge from what God says. Amen. Y'all show Pastor Blee some love, would you? <laughs> Did I tell y'all his nickname I've given him? He is the Pope of hope. <laughs> we, we meet with a group of pastors on Thursday mornings and I, it's a ple pleasure and privilege to me to go by and pick Pop up and take him to that meeting that he started with these guys about 10, 12 years ago. But I've even got some of them calling him the Pope of Hope now. <laughs> All right, let me bless you today. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to come together corporately to celebrate you, to experience you, to welcome you into this place. Even before we started service, Lord, the, the worship team, the priest of praise just coming in here, their practice had already primed the pump in this atmosphere. And Lord, we are grateful that you have chosen to inhabit the praises of this people. God, I pray that you would continue to do what you're doing. We're going to continue to add fuel to the fire, God. And we're going to continue to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. So let the fire of heaven come from before the Lord and continue to move in our midst. In the name of the Lord God Almighty, now the Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you, and may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, I bless you. If, you have, if you're a guest today, please don't forget to take time to fill out that form and drop it off at the information desk. If this is not your first time but you've never filled one out, please go ahead and fill one out so we can have your contact information. I love you all and I bless you in Jesus' name.